I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. There is a certain Monty Python quality to the start of today's gospel reading. I've thought about calling it the afterlife of Brian, in fact. <laughs> Chapter 20 of the Gospel of John has just ended with the resurrection, the defeat of sin and death, several visitations by the risen Jesus to the disciples, and the climactic moment when Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room and tells them to go forgive the sins of others. So you might think that the disciples would go off and do some important things, healing, curing, forgiving of sins, preaching, you know, Jesus sort of stuff. But what have they done at the start of chapter 21? They've gone fishing. They've hung a big, big old gone fishing sign on the upper room and headed out to the lake. And then they fail to catch any fish. They are terrible fishermen. Have you noticed this? They are terrible fishermen. They had to follow Jesus or else they would never would have survived, clearly. And then after not catching fish, they still don't recognize Jesus again, again, until they catch, oh, 153 fish. Not 152, not 154, 153 fish. Finally, the disciples come alive and they recognize it's Jesus. And Peter, who is naked, does this thing. He puts on his clothes, he jumps into the lake, and he swims to Jesus. And we will file that under what happens at the cabin stays at the cabin. <laughs> and then Jesus, who has apparently had an internship at Red Lobster and is now a short order cook, is serving up fried fish at the first fish fry. What in Jesus' name is going on here? What in Jesus' name is going on here? Most scholars think that this chapter 21 was added on to the Gospel of John very soon after the Gospel was finalized, either by the author of John or maybe by an early redactor. Chapter 21, which you read most of just in this reading today, serves as an epilogue to the gospel. And as epilogues do, it gives additional details to the story, it wraps up loose ends, and it stresses the main themes of the story, which are not comedic, but serious and important. First off, Jesus's God's abundance lived out in Jesus is not a part of the past. It is not relegated to the past. Catching all those fish is a sign of God's abundance, which endures even after Jesus dies and which endures for us today. The number 153 is not a comedic touch, but a sign of the abundance upon abundance of God's gifts to us. And God's abundance makes up for our failings and our weaknesses. The disciples never catch any fish in any of the Gospels without Jesus' help. Never. Again, not comedy, but reality. It is only through Jesus' power and loving guidance that they can sustain themselves, first and foremost, and also find a 
abundance of life. And they find Jesus' guidance and abundance in their everyday lives. So they are doing what they always do. They are fishermen, so they go fishing, and now with God's help. So this gone fishing is exactly where they're supposed to be exactly what they should be doing because it is there in their everyday lives that Jesus reveals himself, the risen Christ shows up where they are, shows up with abundant love and with nourishment for their bodies and souls. Because not only does Jesus show up, but Jesus feeds them with loaves and fish as in the miracle stories from the other gospels. So Jesus nourishes them literally as well as emotionally and spiritually with his abundance. So the next time you see a gone fishing sign or a bumper sticker that says, I wish I were fishing, think of this passage and how the risen Christ can be revealed to you as to the disciples in your everyday, ordinary life with love and abundant nourishment for your body and soul. Jesus' fried fish is for all of us. The story goes on, though, to stress that God's abundance is about more than the quantity of fish. God's abundance is also about Jesus' grace and saving power. When Jesus was taken off to be tried and crucified, Peter denied Jesus three times. He denied to other people that he was a follower of Jesus three times. And in the second part of today's reading from John, as the disciples are all sitting around enjoying their fish fry, the risen Christ saves and redeems Peter. Peter gets a second chance. Three times in the gospel today, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, yes, you know that I do, Jesus. And Jesus responds, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Clearly, what happens at the cabin doesn't stay at the cabin because God knows our hearts. God knows Peter loves him and is ready to turn back and do the work that God is calling him to do, do the work of Jesus in the world. And so Jesus redeems him and redeems him publicly in front of the other disciples so that they all know that God's grace works to save not just Peter, but them and all of us. God's grace saves us and redeems us through Jesus Christ, and we all get our second chances and third and fourth chances, however many you need through God's grace. So we've got this grace and the saving power coming through this passage, and they do more than redeem. The last thing they do is they send the disciples forth. It's It's often thought that this passage is when Peter becomes the church in traditional thinking. But that's actually reading the Gospel of Matthew into this Gospel. Rather, by telling Peter to feed and tend Jesus' sheep, it emphasizes Jesus' last commandment to the disciples at the Last Supper. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So by breathing the Holy Spirit into the disciples, the risen Christ has prepared Peter and the others to be sent out in love, to love and care for and feed God's people. 
The work before them is a slow process. There's no big payoff. It's about relationships. It's about passing on this abundant love and grace. So the next time you see a sign that says, what happens at the cabin stays at the cabin, thank God that it doesn't. Thank God that the risen Christ calls you to leave the cabin and to venture forth in his name, doing his work of loving and feeding others. Jesus' fried fish isn't just for us. It is for us to turn and share with others, share God's abundant love and grace and nourishment with one another. Chaplain Kate Braystrup ministers to those who have left their cabins and gone fishing and for whom the comedy of life has turned tragic. As she recounts in her memoir, Here, If You Need Me, her husband, a Maine State Trooper, died on the job in a car accident when he was 35 years old, leaving her with four children ages 15 and under. The morning she found out that he was killed, she was sitting with her best friend Monica, and the doorbell rang. Monica went to open the door, and it was a young man in a spiffy new suit, and he held out a pamphlet to Monica, and he said, have you heard the good news? After a 10-second pause, Monica slammed the door in his face. About 10 minutes later, the doorbell rang again. Monica sighed. She got up and went to open the door, and it was a neighbor. An older woman who Kate knew only a little bit, and she held out a pan of brownies, and with tears rolling down her face, she said, I just heard the news. Kate writes about this neighbor. She was the good news. Within the next few months after her husband's death, Kate decided to pursue chaplaincy. She attended seminary in Bangor, Maine. She got her degree, she, and then she began to work as one of the first chaplains in the Maine Warden Service. Now, the Warden Service in Maine is the one you call when you've gone fishing and something goes awry and you need help. They're the ones you call when you leave your cabin for a hike, but not everyone returns. They deal with cases of lost children, lost hikers, falls, drownings, snowmobile accidents, everything. And Chaplain Kate goes with the wardens to meet the confused and crying families. She accompanies the wardens to the accident scenes, ministering to them with cups of coffee and the line, I'm here if you need me. And she engages in this slow work of relationship building. Kate is the good news as she holds hands and listens to others cry and raises her children in the midst of it all. That morning that her husband died, Kate recognized the risen Christ on her doorstep, holding not fish and bread, but a pan of brownies. Kate got a second chance to say to God, you know I love you. And Kate understood that she was called, as we all are, to feed and tend for Jesus' sheep. So let us thank God for the abundant nourishment, grace, and redemption offered to us in Jesus Christ. Let us recognize the risen Christ in our lives. Let us say, you know I love you, Lord. 
and then let us be sent forth to feed and tend Jesus' sheep in his name. Take fish, if you will, but brownies will do just as nicely. Amen.